The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equals Security. This is the newscast for episode 190 for the week of December 14th. Um, Alex, we are not only in the last uh, month of the year, we're in the last the second half of the month, basically. Yeah, we've only got a couple weeks left of this awful, awful year, Rob. And then uh, we're on to something bigger and better and newer and brighter. Well, it is literally bigger, uh, you know, 2021 versus 2020. And uh, better, I'm, you know, fingers crossed that we're going to see a, a year that it really can't be much worse, right? It's got to it's gotta get better. That's what I was going to say. I think it's a pretty safe bet to say it's going to be better. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, let's let's talk about some housekeeping. You know, I'm I'm going to just do a few of these all rapid fire, and I'll let you do a couple. Uh, Slack channel, we'd love it if you join our Slack channel. It's a great community with over 16, almost 1,700 people as a part of it. Um, you can go you can go get the link to join that on Colorado-Security.com. While you're there, scroll to the bottom, join our mailing list, and you'll get the show notes delivered into your inbox. Uh, we love giving you show notes because. Uh, um, I don't why know why not? we like doing that. Honestly, there's not a lot of incentive for us in that, but no, do it anyway. We do it anyway, you know. Uh, we'd also love it if you'd rate us and subscribe on your favorite pod catcher. Um, that's a great way for us to to get new listeners. If, if if there's lots of folks downloading it and commenting on us, people will find the show. And we love to get folks into the community. You know, it, this is a big part of what we do in, in our in our lives here is trying to help the Colorado community become uh, better known and amplify the voice of the cool stuff going on here. Yeah, and uh, we'd also love it if you uh, would be willing to support us financially. We have a Patreon campaign. Again, you can find that on the website, colorado-security.com. And, you know, we also have interviews as part of these podcasts. And, you know, we don't always have time to get interviews done. So if there are people that want to volunteer to do interviews, we'd love to have you do that too. If you're, if you're listening this week and you're like, man, this sucks. There's no interview. That's an option for you to help solve <laughs> in the future because there is no interview this week. Uh, Rob, I also I have some uh, late breaking news about the Slack channel. What's uh, that? We are at 1,699 people on the Slack channel. Oh, so my gosh. If you, if you want to be number 1,700, as soon as you hear this, go out and join. Maybe you can be number 1,700. I'll give you some kind of fancy meme. Or not meme. What, are they, what do they call the reaction things? And the, uh, I don't even know. I don't know what those are called. But uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we celebrate you when you join in, in a, yes. Slack, uh, a Slack variety of celebration. Maybe we'll even send you something fun. Hey, we have a we have a Patreon campaign. If you want to help financially support the show, uh, pass some some bucks along. Uh, we we would love that. You know that's that all goes back to the community helping us amplify the good stuff going on here in town. Um, and of course, we have some awesome news this week. We have a, a new patron in the last week. He asked to not have his name mentioned, so I will not mention it. But thank you very much for uh, for supporting us, and uh, we look forward to to many years of uh, giving you lots of good content in exchange for your sweet, sweet money. Well, um, I, I apologize, Rob. When, when I saw the note here, I thought that the uh, the new patron's name was Anonymous. So I, I guess uh, thank you for clearing that up for me. I think he's a member of Anonymous, but oh. uh, that, that's all I know for sure. All right. Well, uh, with that, let's get into some news. Uh, first up tonight, the iconic Denver bookstore, The Tattered Cover, has been sold to a new owner or ownership group, that is. Um, Pretty exciting there. Uh, that Tattered Cover had been owned by the the original owner for a long time, and uh, 2015 sold to I think a couple of folks that had worked at the bookstore for a long time, um, and now they've been sold to a uh, an investment group called Bended Page, 
And actually the, the folks leading that are uh, people that are from Denver, one who their first job was at the bookstore uh, back when they were 15. Alex, you know this. Most people don't know. You know, we we use Trello as our as our note keeping um, technology for this. And, and generally, when we have stories, I'll put a couple of notes in the Trello card, like, "Hey, make sure we talk about this." There's a lot of notes on this one. I, I thought this was a pretty interesting story. Um, so David Back, who's the guy who you're talking about, whose first job was at um, at the Cherry Creek uh, Tattered Cover, um, he founded Zoom Car, which was the first uh, they say legally operated uh, car. <laughs> So he got really loaded doing that, um, and and uh, and and basically he's coming back to to do what he loves and a company he really liked working for. Um, there's a quote here: uh, "Our vision. This is from the owners. Our vision includes growing opportunities for community engagement, connection, and conversations. We see this happening within our walls, but also more directly in the community. And we're eager to bring this vision to reality over the coming months. So they're not. There doesn't sound like there's any uh, expectation that things are going to get worse for the tattered cover. You know, it's, it's always scary when a beloved organization gets uh, acquired. Um, but these guys sound like they really are, are part of uh, keeping this thing moving forward. Yeah, I think this is much better than, you know, them being bought by some other big book chain and maybe keeping the name or something like that and basically hollowing out everything that they were. So uh, glad to hear that it's going to continue on in the, in the way that it was just with a, a new ownership group. Also, a couple more, couple more things I want to call, call out that I thought were interesting here. Uh, the the organization Tattered Cover was founded in 1971, so actually uh, next year will be its 50th anniversary. Pretty cool. Um, they have a fifth uh, location scheduled for or planned for Westminster, and in May I didn't I, I, I feel like maybe I heard this, but I don't remember having heard it. Um, in May they announced that they're going to be moving out of their current. Um, headquarters, not headquarters, but their flagship store in Lodo, which is on 16th Street and uh, Winecoop. They're going to be moving over to uh, McGregor Square, which is a, a massive multi-use project that's going to be happening just west of Coors Field. So they're planning to be there in the first quarter of next year. So not that far from now, they're going to be moving the, the big store. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I think that McGregor Square is going to be a cool development. Um, I think a story that we didn't end up putting in for this week is that uh, Red Canary is going to be moving their headquarters to McGregor Square as well. So it uh, sounds like it's going to be the place to be. Place to be. Um, so the next story is is actually a little bit less fun about a, a kind of a, a cultural um, cornerstone here in town. Um, so I'm going to try if I can say this right. Um, El Chupa, ooh, Chupultepec. El Chupultepec? Yep. El Chapultepec uh, is a, a jazz club. It's been in, in Denver for 87 years and they are closing down for good. Yeah, it, it is kind of sad. It's been there uh, since the day after prohibition ended in 1933, uh, which is a, a, a cool milestone. Um, but yeah, I mean, 87 years, that, that's a pretty long run. And, uh, you know, it has been, you know, sort of a mainstay for, for jazz clubs here in Denver. Yeah, it definitely bums me out. Uh, not that I'm... I've, ne- I've never been there, to be honest. I've walked by it many times and uh, never been inside. But from you know, reading about the folks who loved it, it sounds like a place that um, that, that really provided a, a nice service to Denver and had a lot of big name um, artists come through over the years. Uh, definitely bummed that we're not gonna not gonna have that kind of a place in town anymore. Now I wish I could go. Yeah, yeah. You know, as part of their statement, they said that you know, really, Denver has kind of um, you know outgrown and sort of maybe moved on from from them. So. They felt that it was just time to, to pack it up and move on themselves. So sad, but I guess with everything, uh, it has to come to an end. All right. Well, let's take a turn. Let's talk about some tech stuff. Um, there is a, a 
a Boulder based startup. It's a, it's, oh man, tech might not be the right word here. Huh? <laughs> this is a, a lawn care startup called Sunday. Um, basically what they do, they, they do use technology. They analyze climate and soil data to create seasonal subscription packages for a customer's yard. And, and when I read this, I'd never heard of this company. I'm like, holy smokes, I need this. Um, basically they're going to send you the right chemicals to keep your lawn healthy and safe or not safe, but healthy and, uh, and, and growing, um, you know, all year round. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I have seen some ads for Sunday before, but I've, I've never used it myself. I think one of the other things that they tout is, um, you know, the things that they, that they use in their, in their fertilizers and other, um, things that you put on your lawn is, um, you know, they are safer. It's, it's not, uh, you know, made from natural ingredients. It's not toxic and things like that. So it's locally, um, locally sourced, all organic, uh, manure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> from, from Boulder. So, uh, so but the, yeah, they'll send you stuff in the mail. All you got to do is hook it up to your hose and spray it on your lawn. So they, they did just raise a $19 million, $19 million B series. Um, and this is a, it's interesting. It is coming from Sequoia Capital. That's that one of the, what's, that's the leading um, firm. Tusk Ventures, uh, Forerunner Ventures are a part of it. Um, so it, it's, it's not tech, but those are tech investors. Um, obviously seeing this subscription business based on the internet as um, just an extension of what we've been doing with all kinds of other tech companies. Yeah. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, while the end product is something physical, I think that there is a lot of tech that goes into it to, to get it to you, to make sure you're getting the right stuff and, and all that kind of thing. So the last note here, um, they are going to use the the money that they raised to grow the team. They expect to go um, from its current 40 person staff to a, another 25, 65 people in the next year. Um, that's a pretty significant organization. So really good for them. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, next, a report offers plans for the Colorado Front Range Passenger Rail, um, which has you know, been talked about for a long time. And I think this, this report is giving more details to what could happen there. So- yeah. Uh, the, the planned first incarnation of this is rail service uh, along the front range between Fort Collins and, and Colorado Springs uh, between two and six daily round trips. And, you know, the initial phase of, of getting that set up could be somewhere in the range of $1.5 to $2.5 billion. Yeah. I, what was so interesting to me about, about this is whenever I heard people talking about, you know, uh, a front range rail, I was always thinking, all right, we're going to put in a new system, um, Kind of the whole way, and it's going to be you know faster and um, you know higher higher tech than what we've got currently. But this and this proposal here is actually talking about using existing freight rail tracks, and they say that the the average speed um, going from um, what is it down for Fort Collins down to the Springs is o- is only going to be about forty five miles an hour. Yeah, um, I would imagine that some places it's faster, but I, I as they get into other areas, I assume it's slower too. But but yeah, I mean, that does seem like it It would not necessarily get you there as fast as you would want it to go. Um, also, you know, they talk here about other possible phases, a second phase that could uh, go between Colorado Springs and, and Pueblo for uh, for much less, but also, you know, a smaller span there. Um, and, you know, sort of a follow on to that, the hopes to build a, a faster and more frequent line, uh, which basically would go all the way from the southern point of Colorado uh, all the way up to Cheyenne. And uh, that would be a, a much faster uh, rail line going from 90 to 110 miles an hour. And this is more of what you were thinking of, Rob, is building a brand new track to do that. Yeah. And that looks like that would cost somewhere between eight and $14 billion. So uh, a lot more expensive, frankly, you know, it, 
it just kind of depends on as a, as a state, you know, what kind of appetite do we have for this? And I honestly have no idea how, how, how big our appetite is. Um, I hope we eventually get there though. Yeah. I mean, it seems like something that would make sense, but yeah, I have no idea how many people would actually take it, but with the amount of traffic we have up and down the I-25 corridor, uh, I would imagine that there is some appetite for this type of thing. All right. Next story we've got here. Uh, another interesting one. Um, this is about Denver's Range Ventures. So we have a new a new uh, venture capital firm in town. You and I, we, we, we spend a lot of the time on the show here talking about um, Techstars and Foundry Group um, as, you know, kind of, I'd say probably the primary players in terms of investing here in town. And this new venture company, Range Ventures, um, has raised a, or they've closed a $23 million fund for early stage st- software startups, really to to fund those tech companies as they're popping up across the state. Yeah. And uh, they, they talk about some of the folks that started this, uh, Adam Burroughs and, and Chris Erickson. Um, Adam had have roles at uh, Angie Home Services, Angie's List, uh, as well as Guild Education. And uh, Erickson sounds like uh, he was in the the Bay Area and recently moved to Denver, but founded uh, Apartment List. So, you know, both have some, uh, definitely some big chops in terms of startups. It's interesting. They talk about those two as the primary partners. And then there's like a hundred limited partners from just about every company um, here in town. Um, I I try I couldn't find that list of of individuals who were a part of that. I, I did spend a few minutes trying to look for it, um, but but they definitely have a lot of connections across the state. And and frankly, in any any tech company that's been successful in town, looks like they've got some kind of a connection to those. Yeah, uh, I do notice uh, that they have a, a somebody who is identified as being from uh, from Ping on here. So. Uh, pretty cool. There's a connection. Yeah, I was trying to too. figure out who that was. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they also say that they've uh, they have made some investments already. Um, they expect to make twenty to twenty five. Um, I'm missing where it was that they said the couple that they already. Oh, uh, they've already made three investments in companies like Suna and Comet Chat. Yeah, Both don't know either I heard of. But I, am, I am excited to know we've got a new uh, a new company in town that's going to hopefully give it, continue giving us interesting news to talk about on the show. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, next, we have a story about Denver's uh, favorite application security startup, Stackhawk. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, thanks for waiting for me there. <laughs> um, the, the news this week is that uh, Stackhawk has released a new free plan uh, for folks to, to use the Stackhawk stack, um, you know, without having to pay for it. So, uh, you know, this is available directly to developers. Uh, you know, it doesn't give a whole lot of details on exactly, you know, what the criteria for the free stack, uh, free uh, service of their stack is. But my assumption is it's, you know, probably single user or, or something like that. But, um, you know, I think a great way to get people uh, familiar with the application and using it and and helping make their applications more secure. Yeah, you know, since they're using Zap as the foundation for it, and that's an open source software, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, kind of exp- experiment on making their stuff free and and basically just make it make it so easy to go from using that open source Zap to to using their tool that you know when you get to the point that you start to scale up, you want to start spending money on it. It makes a lot of sense. I I, I love the the model. Of course, it it makes it easy for us to get security rolled out, and hopefully they can uh, they can make a little bit of money on that as it as it scales and as people find it really convenient. Yeah. And uh, when I saw the story, I, I forwarded it on to some of my developer friends so that uh, hopefully they can start using it themselves. I love it. All right. Uh, next story we have this week is is actually a, an announcement from Coal Fire. Uh, they have been named 
named the grand winner in the, I don't know what SVUS means off the top of my head, but the SVUS Women's World Awards. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. And, and congratulations to them. Uh, the They linked this to the accomplishments of uh, six women that coal fire. Divya Jayachandran, uh, oh, man, uh, Bhav- Bhavna, Bhavna, Sandi, Cassie Cat, Anja Medasing, Mandy Pote, Jennifer Velnoski. So uh, congratulations to all of them. They, they do also talk here about the uh, RISE program at Coal Fire, which we talked about several months back in, a, in an earlier article, uh, which is the internal program there at, uh, at Coal Fire to help uh, develop and promote women internally. Yeah, it's really cool to see, you know, Coal Fire leading in diversity and equity here, um, at least, you know, investing and making this a priority. I know that in, in the tech industry, it's not easy and um, it, it doesn't happen if you're not intentional. So good to see them doing that. Yep. Uh, next, we have a blog from Ping talking about uh, how everyone loves Ping and uh, that they have an industry industry leading net promoter score of plus 65. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much everyone knows what net promoter score is. I will say that within Ping, it's, it's a really big deal. We it, Basically, the idea is uh, I'm sure everyone's received a sur- like a one question survey that says how are, how likely are you to recommend this service to a friend, um, and, and at, it, basically the idea is if you say nine or ten you are a promoter you're likely to go out into the world and say nice things about that product. If you say uh, one through I think it's one through six then you are a detractor. You're out in the world saying negative things about the product. If you're a seven or, or an eight you're a neutral. And the way you get a promoter score is you take all of the nines and tens and you, uh, and that's a hundred. If, 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 if all of them were nines or tens, you'd have a hundred. And then you, you take away from them all of the ones through sixes and that gives you your score. Um, so, you know, paying, we take it really seriously. We want to make sure our customers are happy and uh, really cool to see this uh, kind of industry leading 65 um, score it basically means the customers are, are pretty happy with, with paying as their, as their IAM provider. Yeah, and I also appreciate the fact that you guys have a nice chart in there showing uh, many of your competitors and and their uh, net promoter scores. And some uh, of them do of, really well. Like Microsoft has a pretty good net promoter score on yeah. there. Not, not all of them do very well, though. One of them at the bottom with a negative score. So yeah, we don't need to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, next, next we have a blog this week from Logarithm. Um, they're actually, and I think one of the big reasons we put this in is uh, is they're talking about a big piece of news this week. Um, they're, they're, they're showing how can you detect the exploits from that FireEye Red Team tool uh, breach that happened this week uh, if, if those tools are used inside your environment. Yeah, so obviously uh, logarithm, their bread and butter is to uh, detect people attacking you. So uh, now that these tools have been stolen and are out there in the wild, uh, if someone is using them to attack you or potentially has used them to attack you in the past, you now have some IOCs from this article that you can go uh, in logarithm to to look and see if you can uh, find evidence of those tools being used. Yeah, they, and they walk through specifically like what those IOCs look like, um, and if you are a logarithm customer, um, you, they specifically you know talk about how you can do it. And, and frankly, there's some good tips in there that I'd say are not even necessarily uh, like logarithm related. Just you know, hey, make sure you've got all your logs going to a central place. Make sure you're uh, make sure you're really staying on top of, of, of monitoring, um, activity. What, what's nor- what's good look like, what's bad look like, you know, those things that are, are good tips for just any of us. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the, you know, the positives to come out uh, from this is, you know, just a reminder that, 
you know, when you hear about breaches, when you hear about uh, attacks, you should be looking for those IOCs if you can find them and, and get them into your tools so you can make sure to detect them yourselves and, and not fall victim to the, the same things that other people did. So yeah, I think just talking about the the FireEye breach for just a minute, uh, you know, not Colorado focused, but man, it's, it was a big story this week. I, I think that it's, it's kind of a wake up call. You know, FireEye is probably the people most of most of us call in when there is a breach, you know, they're, right. they're known for being great at, uh, at being able to analyze incidents and, and really tracking down stuff. They, they were pretty, pretty upfront about um, when it happened and talking about what was stolen and giving us those IOCs to, to, to track down if someone's using their tools, but what they haven't shared yet is how the bad guys got in. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing the details on that, because whatever whatever got into FireEye is probably something that the rest of us should be aware of, and certainly you know add to our to our own defenses to make sure we're not vulnerable to it. So definitely encourage those guys to share as soon as they can. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there will be an RSA or Black Hat or someone else uh, talk this year, you know, by someone at at FireEye talking about what happened. But yeah, for sure. All right, all right. Uh, jump jump over to our last story. We have a, a blog from Optive this week. Um, that, you know, this is, this seems more like a blog, like we get from Red Canary or Coal Fire, a, a really nice in, in-depth technical write-up. Um, and this one is talking about, um, how folks are abusing the AirWatch MDM, um, kind of MFA configuration to bypass MFA, even though you might think you've got MFA required in your account. Yeah. So, uh, some good detailed research here. This looks like it was by one of the Optive Red Team folks and, uh, they must've been doing some vulnerability research on the, the AirWatch MDM. Uh, they noticed that it, even if you have multi-factor turned on, um, it appears to only use multi-factor at a certain point. And there are some other uh, parts in the process with AirWatch where it is single factor. So they go into a whole lot of detail about, um, you know, what they found, what they researched. Um, and what I really like is uh, at the end, they do have some, uh, some things that you can look at to potentially mitigate this for yourself. Um, also talked about how they did report this to uh, to VMware, who now owns AirWatch, and and their response to the the vulnerability being disclosed to them. All right, good stuff from Optive. Certainly love to see that. And if, if we see more of those highly technical blogs from Optive, we'll make sure we keep including them here because I, I love seeing the the local security companies come up big for the the community in general. For sure. All right, uh, that is the news. Let's move over to the Slack message of the week. Thanks again to Andre Gita for supporting the Slack message of the week. Uh, he has been doing this or something similar to it for, you know, basically the entirety of the podcast. So, uh, you know, thanks again to Andre for being a great supporter of us in the community. Uh, the winner of the uh, Slack message of the week gets a, a credit to get something from the Colorado Equal Security Store. So, Rob, who is our winner this week? Uh, it's J.D. Burke. So, you know, we've had uh, for the last several months, we've had a book club going on. Uh, it's been uh, started by and led by Douglas Brush. You know, Douglas recently has, has been unable to, to keep moving forward due to, I assume, his alcoholism. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, of course, I'm kidding. Um, I, don't, I have no idea um, how much al- alcohol he drinks. But um, I don't think that's why he's not doing it anymore. Um, I, but he's, he's basically handed off the torch. JD Burke has picked that up. Uh, we certainly appreciate this as a, as a way for the team to connect and frankly, you know, improve the careers of those who, who are a part of that group. Um, so JD has been you know, kind of, uh, starting the new meetups and, and posting across the different channels to get folks engaged. I uh, want to encourage that. So if you want to get involved with the book club, um, there is a, a channel specifically for that, get out there and see what books coming up next. Cause I, I think they just finished the 
the, the December one. So you have to get involved for January, but um, would love to love to have you guys get involved. And of course, JD will get to pick something from the Colorado Equal Security Store now um, to, to show our appreciation for him leading that, uh, that movement. Yeah, the, the book club, another great reason to join the Slack channel and, and see all the stuff going on there. So, all right, uh, congrats, JD, and let's move over to events. Um, all right, we just got three things through the end of the year. On the 16th, ISC Squared Pikes Peak is doing their December chapter meeting. On the 17th, ISSA Colorado Springs is doing their December meeting and chapter appreciation. And also on the 17th is the big annual joint meeting between ISACA and ISSA doing their holiday meeting. It'll be the first time virtual. So hopefully you guys can join that and, and see what a virtual holiday party looks like. Should be good. All right. Uh, let's move over to jobs. Uh, Rob, any ping identity jobs? Yep. Got a few jobs uh, at ping. We, we are still looking to hire a product security engineer. If you're a uh, a developer with an interest in security or a security person who knows how to code. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we're also hiring a couple of managers, I'm looking to hire a manager to run our privacy program and a manager of GRC programs, which is basically someone who'd be focused on um, kind of uh, building those repeatable processes around uh, policies and standards and ISO certification, SOC certification, kind of running that program side of the, of the department. Good stuff. All right, uh, Pinsight is looking for an IT manager for cloud systems and security. Denver Water is hiring an IT security analyst. Colorado Department of Public Safety is looking for a cybersecurity intelligence analyst. Ballard Spar is hiring a privacy and data security associate. First Bank is looking for a security governance analyst. Is that the Colorado Bank for you? That is First Bank, Colorado's bank for you. Yeah. Uh, SCL Health is hiring a security analyst too. And finally, Presidio is looking for a senior solutions architect for cybersecurity. Good stuff. Well, that is it for the podcast. Like I mentioned, we do not have an interview this week. Um, I think we should have one more episode right before we take a, a break for, for Christmas and, and maybe New Year's. I don't know exactly, but I, I do think we'll be back next week, don't, won't we? Yeah, we should be back next week and then we'll have to figure out what, what holidays look like. Awesome. All right. Well, sounds good. Have a great week and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks, Rob. Learn more about the Colorado security scene at colorado-security.com, where you can see information about local security groups, a calendar of upcoming security events, and learn more about Colorado equals security. Reach out to Alex and Rob by emailing info at colorado-security.com. Until next time, remember, Colorado equals security.